This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to HVACTrustbooks.com to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. Most contractors think about getting new sales and they forget about their existing customer base. In fact, research has showed, and we're going to be talking with Mike Ratchford today, who will talk to you about some success stories of contacting your existing customer base. Yes, new customers are always what everybody looks at. However, I think after today's program, you'll probably think that maybe you should start contacting your existing customers and especially since the fact they've already paid money to you and you've already done business with them. There is a familiarity and there's a more sense of trust than somebody who's never used you. Mike is probably one of the greatest marketing minds I've ever met who's done a lot of really good work for my client base. He's with Safeguard Business Systems. Mike, welcome to Contractor Sense. Glad to be here. So you and I have talked about this forever and the fact that the shiny new object is the new, the new customer. And that's where most of the marketing goes. That's where Carrier, Lennox, Train, Ream, Rude, York, uh, American Standard, whomever, I'm, I'm sorry if I leave somebody out, uh, talk about getting new customers more so than cultivating the customers you have and contacting your existing customer base. But you see exactly the opposite, don't you? I do. And I think it's, it's, it's a philosophical difference that we want contractors to kind of understand that, that equipment manufacturers make their money selling new boxes. So they're going to be about selling new boxes and their concept is sell new boxes to new customers. And so contractors kind of follow that mindset, okay, of the best way to sell new boxes is to, to go get new customers. We think the best way to sell new equipment is to first start with your maintenance customers and build your maintenance base up uh, because about 8 to 10% of that base turns every year, so that produces a certain amount of new systems. And then the existing customers that are not under maintenance base is probably your best place to go sell new equipment is in that existing customer base that's a non-contract customer base. So we try to divert all the marketing monies to where we think we get the greatest return. Uh, that's in maintenance customers and uh, existing customers. Yeah, I, you and I, years ago, I, I can't remember how many years ago it is now, but we came up with what I call the marketing bullseye, or you call the marketing bullseye. I'm not sure who came up with that now anymore. But anyway, in the center was your maintenance client base, i.e. those people who've written a check and signed a piece of paper and said they'd be loyal to you. And then the next ring out was customers, both active and and excuse me, active and inactive. And then there was the prospect ring, and then the suspect ring, and then the general population ring, which is not where we want to spend our hard-earned dollars as HVAC contractors. Correct? And and our concept of that was when I started in the HVAC arena and started learning that vertical marketplace. Uh, almost everybody I talked to would ask me about how do I get more new customers? And uh, we tried. And, you know, uh, the return on investment uh, seeking new customers is uh, uh, pretty high. Uh, you know, we get new customers, but the cost per acquisition, uh, depending on the programs, can run anywhere from 80 to two or $300 just to acquire a new customer. 
And so you just have to be prepared for that as a contractor, that that's going to be your cost uh, of acquisition. If you use uh, things like direct mail or click for pay or some other programs that that's involved with that. So that versus the re getting a previous customer to re-engage or to buy your services again, that may be eight to $10, maybe $12, the investment for that. Significantly less, the same result being we get somebody to buy products and services. Right. So, I mean, would you rather spend 10 or $12 or 80 to $300? I think the answer is that obvious, but why don't most contractors think this way? Because of manufacturers? I think I think manufacturers drive a lot of it with co-op money a lot, Ruth, that you know, they put co-op money out and they say, Hey, we're gonna do this marketing for you for new equipment and you know, we're gonna target zip codes or we're gonna give you certain zip codes and you know, whatever their marketing programs are and and the contractor takes that. What they forget in that sometimes is the second half of that co-op is their money. And you know, they're putting their money in that program and, and I think if a lot of times if they go look at the money they're investing with their with their equipment distributor, they're not getting great returns on that if it's all new equipment prospect mail. And so we try to divert that. We try and take that money, even with the manufacturer sometimes, we can get co-op money just trying to go get service work. And, and, I, and I, when I talk in front of a group of contractors, I say this, it's easier to get somebody to call you for a tune-up that ranges anywhere from $79 to $150, depending upon the season, than it is to get somebody to call you saying, hey, I wanna buy a new piece of equipment that might run anywhere from 2,500 to 7,000 to $10,000. Where's the least resistance point? So you wanna engage new people where their investment in you is not risky. And if they don't know you, getting them to invest ten or twelve thousand dollars or six thousand dollars is is pretty difficult. It's a lot harder. So, but we kind of we kind of stay away from that new prospecting kind of market and go after where we know we can get return on investment of marketing dollars. Right. The other thing that's really important that a lot of contractors don't realize, and, and we see this in the contractors that I work with, the closing rates of people who have been your maintenance customers versus people who you come to you through direct mail, social media, whatever else it is, 80% or higher. And, and those are my numbers with the contractors I work with actually close if they're maintenance agreement customers. So salespeople love to go to maintenance leads because they know they have an 80% or higher chance of closing that lead versus a lead that has been generated through something that you do with the direct mail or social media or something along those lines, they're more likely in the 50% if they're really good, or sometimes it's as low as 20 or 25%. So, you know, which would you rather be? Well, and I think that the, the thing is, is that as a, as a business owner, you know, I, I think the issue becomes new system sales and revenue. Uh, and, and, you know, I, you know, I look at, several things. I look at new business sales or new equipment sales as one matrix or key indicator. I look at maintenance contracts, you know, as I know what you know you love, okay, maintenance contracts as another key indicator in terms of maintenance contracts. And, and I look at total revenue in terms of what's the total revenue and what percentage of new is that of that a total. And it's that difference, okay, you know, I'll just use an example. If you have 200, 2,000 maintenance contracts, 
you can use whatever, I'll use a thousand, it's easier. If you have a thousand maintenance contracts in your business, eight to 10% of that base is gonna turn to new equipment every year. So that's either 80 to 100 new systems that's right in your customer base, right there for the taking. Yeah, go promote it. Go promote it. You know, you know, build your customer base, your database within your maintenance customers where you know the age of the equipment, where you can give your internal sales reps customers that have older equipment, and they can start romancing those customers even before they need to replace it. You know, you need to be taking your maintenance base and not just taking the money and the service. You need to manipulate that data, what you know about those maintenance customers, and have a strategy to make sure you get those 80 to 100 sales. Don't yeah. let somebody else take your business. And almost every contractor I talk with, if they're not on one of our programs, that number kind of stuns them. You know, I mean, they're like, wow, I can get 80 to 100 system sales just in my customer base. I said, that's just in your maintenance customer base. That's not talking about the rest of your customer base. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So when we get back from break, I want to talk about some of the success stories that you've had with some of the different contractors and actually looking at their existing customer base rather than trying to get the bright, shiny new customer. We will be right back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I've seen my clients' salespeople struggle when a customer asks why they should use your company rather than the competition when your price is higher and you both are proposing the same equipment. I've seen technicians struggle when customers ask them whether they should replace an 18-year-old air conditioner. And most salespeople and technicians never ask the one question that most customers are concerned about, yet never ask. Can I trust you? I found a tool that gives your salespeople and technicians the ammunition to answer this question and more. And the tool works. How do I know? 68% of my clients are using it to increase sales and referrals. What is it? A trust book with your name on it as the author. More details are at HVACTrustBooks.com. Warning, there is only one contractor per area that can get these great books. Some areas are already taken. They've gone to my clients. If you want your area and want to have a tool for your salespeople and technicians to increase referrals and sales, then go to HVACTrustBooks.com now and reserve your area. Eliminate costly warranty leak repair headaches. Three years ago, Ruth King wrote a leak policy letter for one of her clients who was dealing with huge warranty leak issues. When she gave the letter to technicians and trained them on how to use it, warranty leaks went from zero, that's right, zero. Then she gave the letter to one of her other clients and any contractor who wanted it. The results? The same, zero warranty leak repairs. The unexpected benefits? An increase in replacement sales. Ruth shares the letter with anyone and everyone who wants it. So get your sample leak policy letter for free. No strings, no catches, no guarantee of results. Go to hvacchannel.tv or call us at 877-520-4321. Click on the link in the middle of the homepage to get your free leak policy letter. I hope you experience zero warranty leak repairs and eliminate a major costly headache. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I'm talking with Mike Ratchford, who is a marketing creative personality is probably the best way I can describe him, who's done some phenomenal marketing for a lot of contractors over the years. And Mike, before the break, we said we'd start with some of your success stories with some of the contractors not trying to get you know, brand new customers, but actually taking their existing databases and starting to talk with them. So let's, let's have a couple of real good success stories. Well, 
we have a customer that we've been doing prospect marketing for for about five or six years. Uh, very successful, had very good return on investment on the on the marketing, and we were getting new sales, uh, you know, uh, service work. I believe when you prospect, uh, you should prospect for service work, not necessarily for new sales. From the service work comes new sales. Uh, but I've been trying to talk to him to let me market to his customer base uh, in terms of his customer base. So we finally pulled the data, customers he'd done business with. He had 12,000 customers in his customer base, what we would call on-demand, either active or inactive. All right, explain active and inactive. Well, active and inactive for us is if they've done service with you in the last 12 months, they're active. If they've done service 12 months longer, I haven't done service for 12 months or longer, they're inactive. That's worked on the assumption that everybody's going to clean their system up once a year at least in terms of, of stuff. But make, uh, the contractor can define it however they want to define it. I just want definition of what they think is active and inactive in their customer base. Okay. So, so then what happened? So this contractor said, well, my active customers are you know active and I don't want to market to them. I want to market to this inactive. I said, no, we want to market to both of them. So anyway, we ended up with a final number of 12,000 12,000 people we wanted to market to, which was in essence about the same amount of prospects we were marketing to. And we did two mailings to that customer base in the spring, uh, offering a, a tune-up special to that customer base. Uh, when I followed up with him uh, at the middle of the summer, they fully were booked for the, for the entire spring and summer out of that customer base. They did no marketing other than those two mailings because they got so much response on those two mailings and his business right now is up 16% this year over last year. And it's a pretty good sized business. So, uh, you know, he's now planning to do the same mailing to those 12,000 customers in the fall, uh, hoping to, to book up his fall. And then we're going to add to that the kind of the only, the main prospect mailing I like to do, which is a program we call zip plus four. And that's where we mail to the neighbors of the maintenance we don't want to mail to prospects. We want to mail to people that are likely to see our trucks. And therefore, there's some sense of comfort with that. And depending upon what the contractor wants, they can do door hangers or whatever next to the maintenance customers and continue that marketing. So, so the whole thing for us is to use the customer base, uh, market something into the, into the, uh, to the maintenance customers. The maintenance customers are your best referral customers. When you look at that, we spend no money marketing to maintenance customers typically. The contractors don't. They don't spend any money thanking their maintenance customers. They they don't invite maintenance customers to an event, okay, that where they could where they can talk to them. There's just lots of things you can do within your customer base that that make you seem more appreciative uh, to the customers. Uh, giving money away to a charity, okay, is is really great from a marketing tactic. You know, we care about you and we care about the community. We care about your comfort. We care about the community is one of the campaigns we're running this fall. We care about your comfort. We care about the community. And so there's an offer for comfort for a tune-up. And then there's a, a, a give-back program to the community based on what the consumer uh, chooses to do. So those are the kind of things that we like to see from a marketing point of view. So, like for example, uh, if they enroll in the maintenance agreement, you'll make a $10 donation in their name and choose one of these three charities, something like that? Yeah, or I, I don't like choose one of the three. I like the contractor to pick a charity and promote the charity for a year or for a couple of years. You know, there's some that do 
breast cancer. There's some that do disabled vets. You know, it's, it's, there's always something to do. Some do children's programs, children's shelters programs, those kind of things. I just think it makes good social fodder in a sense. Okay, you know, everybody's looking for content on social media and having some sort of community involvement gives you lots of fodder for social media. Gives you lots of chances to post things, not about your promotion, promoting your business, but promoting your business as somebody that cares about the community, which I think is great social content. Right. And then what you can do is have one of those really big checks and once a month go, you know, this is the checks from all of our maintenance customers, you know, doing the work, whatever. I mean, you're the marketing guy. You can have the messaging better than I can. Yeah, but the, but the point being is, is that when you give back to the community, you, it, it, it creates social content. And then people get the sense that you're not just out to take their money. You know, you're taking their money, but a portion of what they're giving you, you're giving back. And there's no better place to position yourself in the marketplace as somebody that gives back. And I always use the example of sports teams. Sports teams always give back to the community they live in. It's part of their deal. Players are out on charity events. So they're out when their day's off. Okay? Giving back is a big deal. Yeah. And a lot of people follow the sports simply because they'd support, you know, whatever the community issue is. I mean, if you're, if you're in an area and, you know, you're, if you're in a small contractor and you're kind of in the same area and you have the same school district, it covers a lot of your marketing territory. You can take the PTA as somebody you give money to, which is people with children really like that because PTA struggle for money. You can become a sports booster of your high schools that are in your area. There's lots of things you can do, but, but the idea being is do business with us, and, 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 and because you did business with us, we're going to give something back to the community. Those programs work very well. And, and they will continue to work well, especially. Well, well, if you look at it you know, from a high school perspective, and, and you're in the middle of a high school game or a booster club or something along those lines, they know who's given to them and they're likely to support those companies who have given to them, you know, their booster club or whatever it is. So I have two different campaigns we've done at different times. I'll kind of cover both. One was a customer in the South. And what we made was handheld fans. We got the high school. We donated handheld fans to the high school so that when they went to the football games, they could, push off the humidity and the heat with a handheld fan. And the handheld fan says, XYZ company wants to keep you comfortable in the game. And oh, by the way, we can keep your house comfortable if you need us. Yeah, I'll bet that worked really well. And and it got a lot of things. And then there was another one in the Northeast. We gave hand warmers, hand warmers away. Yeah, I want one of those when I'm sitting at a football game and it's 20 below. That's what I want. I mean, these are the kind of marketing things. I mean, everybody gets so concentrated on, you know, marketing for new prospects and marketing for this and marketing for that. And, you know, we need to get new people in the business. There's a lot of ways you can get new customers. And I believe that a lot of that comes from giving back to the community. That's where you should spend some of your marketing dollars for new prospects. I think you spend all your marketing dollars and your maintenance customers and your, your, your customers and your computer system from a marketing point of view. From so the you, existing customer base, yeah. Existing customer base. So you've utilized that. And I'll just use the example again. Let's say a customer. So we talked about a guy having a thousand customers under maintenance and there's, there's anywhere from 80 to 100 computers. This customer that had 12,000 customers that were non-maintenance customers, he had anywhere from, what's 10% of 12,000? 1,200? Yeah. 
1,200 potential new systems in that customer base he wasn't marketing. 1,200. I'll take the 1,200. Just in his maintenance, if, if that was the case, just in his maintenance base, because he has a little more than 1,000 maintenance customers, and his existing customers, he potentially has 13 or 1,400 new systems. But he's spending all his marketing dollars chasing 150 new systems prospects. Yeah. That makes sense to me. All right. I get it. All right. So hopefully everybody who's listening to this podcast will start looking at your existing customer bases to start uh, talking to them more frequently. Number one. Number two, giving them ideas and reasons and offers that they can use to increase the comfort of their home. And potentially number three, invest in a new system. So Mike, if somebody wants to get in hold of you in touch with you, where do they go? Uh, they can call me on the phone, which is 800-WE-PRINT. Uh, is, the, is the 800 phone number. It's pretty easy to remember. 800-WE-PRINT. And they can go to HVACroboticmarketing.com and look at some of our programs up there. So HVACroboticmarketing.com. Mike, thanks for being with me today. Thanks, Ruth. I love, love being here. Love talking about helping contractors make more money. All right. My pleasure. Thank, and thank you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money, too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.